All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, December 13th of 2023 here. Looking ahead, we have a nine-game NBA slate tonight. We have a five-game NHL slate, and then NFL does return tomorrow. So it should be a fun day of DFS here. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord and want to get access to that channel, there's a link in the description below. Get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels, and you get access to the rest of the SaberSim team here. So can't say enough good things about the Discord. But as always, before we get started, I have to remind you guys about our weekly max challenge. This is a promotion slash giveaway we do during the NFL season here. Get access to weekly prizes, season-long prizes if you've been playing with us for a little while here. All you have to do, follow the eligibility requirements down here on the bottom. Use the green enter the challenge button, and you will be all set to participate. So we have a DraftKings version, and we have an owner's box version, and the links to both of these pages are in the description of this video. But with that said, going to get SaberSim pulled up here. And we are going to start with the questions that came in in the Discord, as always. And then we will start, jump over to the YouTube chat and catch any live questions. So looks like our first question came in here from the piano teacher. Question is, for high-variant sports like NHL and MLB, let's say we want to get some players popping up in a few of our lineups randomly, but not too many. And not with the same core since they are total boom slash bust. In the past with the ancient traditional optimizers, I would just keep a low projection on them and jack up the randomness on that individual. What's the best way to accomplish this with Saber Sim Builder? I've been struggling to find it. If I take Sim Diversity up to 10, it makes the variance too high on the entire pool. Okay, very good question here. Um, So I would pretty much stay away from using sim diversity 10 unless you are playing showdown and i think that sim diversity 9 is probably the highest you want to go on most classic slates and our sliders reflect that you know if you go like to the absolute highest settings um you're basically never going to get to 10 here we only use 10 for like showdowns or for like mma or for golf or sports like that, uh, where, you know, single slate simulations are a little bit better. The problem is that in a single slate, in a single instance of a game, you know, you could definitely have some outlier outcomes, but when sim diversity is down at nine, you're taking groups of sims. So a player doing well in one sim, well, guess what? They still have to do good in a number of other sims to still make it into your lineup. So that does some curation here. Um, you know, increasing your sim diversity to nine always is going to be a good option here. What you can do is like if there are certain players that you know you want some exposure to, you can go in and set some min exposures to like some of those players that like might be on your list here. But as far as like, you know, a way to get to some of these guys, it depends you know, how you're identifying them. Like you could go as far as set like a group rule and say like, Hey, you know, from X players, like use a manual group rule, put in, you know, 20 guys that you might be like thinking about. 
and then say, use at least one. And then if you don't want them in all of your lineups, then you can do something like, hey, use at least one. I'm going to build, you know, 50 lineups in this build. I have 150 max, and then I'm going to go open up a new build. And then in that build, I'm going to build 100 lineups without the rules so that I know that 33% of my lineups have some outlier player that uh, I've identified from this group. And then, you know, the rest of my lineups don't, right? So then you start taking advantage of the favorites tools. So like there's a couple different ways to get to that here. Um, ultimately, you know, we do believe sim diversity is much better than randomness here. And the reason for that is because sim diversity is using the play-by-play -play sims and it's using the actual range of outcomes for the players. So it's it's a lot more accurate than just assuming all the players are normally distributed and then just, you know, cranking up that variance to get some of those higher standard deviation outcomes. Uh, but, but, you know, those are some ideas. Those are some things to think about where you can maybe piece that together. It just depends how specific you're trying to be. So hope that was an okay answer for you there. And uh, next question here. Question says, when saving to contest, what's the difference between unique rank, rank, and the other sorting options when selecting contest to save? Also, I can see the drag, the contest up and down. What's the benefit of doing so? Great question here. Uh, so, you know what? Why don't I just get us a contest file? Well, first off, you know, it looks like my man GM33 helped me out here. So, he did put a link to our support article that does you know, just does that does show you this here. So we have like a short two minute video that I did. Um, I'll drop it in the chat here for anybody wanting to check that out, but I'm happy to do like a quick demo as well here. So let me just like go and reserve a couple of lineups for tonight. And DraftKings is making me agree to new terms and conditions. All right. So I'm going to go to tonight's NBA slate. And I'm just going to enter a couple things real quick. One, two. I'll just do three contests. That should be more than enough. All right. So I have three contests, right? I already have this build with lineups here that I ran. So we'll just use this for an example. So I build my lineups. You know, I'm I'm building three single entries. Now when I go to save and I import my file. So, so now you guys can see I have three single entries, okay? So I also have three lineups. So the different fill methods. If I use unique rank, what's going to happen? Lineup one, lineup rank number one is going to go into the top contest. And then lineup two goes into the second contest and then lineup three into the third. Now I can reorder these if there's a certain contest that I want higher up. So maybe, you know, I have a higher dollar single entry that's listed as the last one. Well, maybe I want that one first, right? So then this drag and drop feature allows you to move the contest to your liking, to your very specific liking in that instance. If you use rank fill, what this is going to do, it is going to put the number one lineup into each contest. So it's going to go on a contest by contest basis. So this first single entry gets lineup one. The second single entry also gets lineup one. So although I have three lineups here, 
all three contests are going to end up with one single lineup if I use rank. If I use unique random, then it doesn't matter the order of the three lineups. SaberSim is going to randomly assign them to a contest. So my top contest might get lineup three. My second contest might get lineup one. And then if you fill it over and over again, it's going to it's gonna jumble and shift. So that's what Unique Random is doing. And then exact is something where, like, if I used exact, it wouldn't work right now. So what exact looks at, it looks at how many lineups you have, which is three, and then it looks at how many entries you have in each contest. So what exact would do is like if I had a three max or multiple three maxes, it would only fill those three maxes. It's basically looking like, hey, does your number of my lineups and the entries in the contest match? And then if it does, it inserts those lineups into that contest. So those are what the different fill methods are doing. And then, like I said, that video will give you a good understanding of it. All right. Next question. Question says, does anyone toggle with my ownership or leave it as is? What exactly is my ownership and why does it show up before I run the lineups? Plus, can you describe match exposure to ownership? I run it at 15% min max and keep getting a message saying unable to meet exposures even after rebuild. Okay, a couple of good questions here. So the first part of this is, what exactly is my ownership? So this is the projected contest ownership for each player. So not only are we projecting their fantasy point output, but we are also projecting how likely we think they are to be owned by the other players and lineups in your contest. So what we're saying is like, hey, Joel Embiid, we are expecting, or um, yeah, we'll do Embiid. So Embiid, the highest projected player on the slate, according to our projections, we're expecting him to be in about 8% of lineups tonight. And then these are the percentages that you see in DraftKings when you like click on a player, you see a little percentage, it'll tell you like, hey, you know, that is how much ownership the player has. Second part is, can you describe match exposure to ownership? So what this does is this is a tool that we have here really in an effort to help people to build a custom set of field lineups if they're running contest sims. So what it will do is it will automatically set a minimax exposure for you. The, the most common use case is when somebody is uploading custom ownership to SaberSim and they want to recreate a pool of field lineups to run a contest sim against. Typically, I wouldn't recommend this for normal lineup building and entry here. Um, the reason that you're probably running into an error is because that there's too many players in the player pool for the amount of lineups that you're looking at. So like the way I typically recommend people do this is if they're going to use match exposure to ownership and they're going to use, say, 15% here, well, what they should do is they should change the number of lineups to match the pool size here. And then when they do this, then it will not return an error. But the problem is that you have all of these minimum exposures to every single player in the player pool. SaberSim can just not fit that many players into your lineups. It's just absolutely too many, especially when we have like 0 0.5, 1%, 2%, 1%, 3%. Like this is just way too many players to try and get exposure to. But when you're running it, uh, if you match the number of lineups to the pool size, 
you're you're less likely to see that error because this is basically a method used to build out an entire pool of lineups. So that's what's going on here. And then, you know, Saber Sim will definitely take longer to build with all of these minimax requirements here. So be a little more patient if you're using this tool. Um, but ultimately, this isn't something we we recommend for like normal lineup submission and, and how you typically build your lineup. So pool is finalizing now. I'm curious to see how well of a job it did here. And then we'll keep moving. So just letting it finish. All right. Lineups are loading. And it is unable to meet exposures. Let's go and see where it is. So I'm not seeing any red boxes. Seems to do it seemed to do a pretty good job. I don't see a ton of outliers here. Like here, like okay, we put 24.1% max and then it's at 24.3. Um, you know, so some of these like barely meet the cutoffs or barely barely miss them. So it really depends. You know, we see 18.5, we have 19.7. So some of that won't work, but it'll be extremely, extremely close in most instance instances here. But that's what's going on there. All right. Next question from K Polo. Question says For FanDuel MBA, if I needed to add custom projections and custom ownership, where is the correct place to do it when on the ultimate plan under contest tab under field lineups? And also, will you need to update in the same section for late swaps? Uh, good question here. So, so it, it's not going to change from FanDuel to DraftKings here. You always want to do it in the home screen here. And what you're going to do is you're going to upload your custom projections. When you upload your custom ownership, you should really follow our tutorial on the YouTube channel. So if you go to playlists, you go to understanding contest sims, it says use custom ownership with contest sims. So custom ownership is not directly taken into account when you upload it. So like uploading custom ownership does not change the field lineups. What you have to do is go and create new field lineups, which kind of goes back to our last question, where in order to create the new field lineups, you would want to use the match exposure to ownership option to make those percentages as close as possible to your uploaded values. So, so uploading projections works just fine, just by itself. If you're uploading custom ownership, you need to take additional steps to create your own custom field. And then from there in your contest sim settings, when you go to set your contest sim, then you want to change the field lineup source to your build. And then if you had your lineups in build one, you would change it to build one uh, or something like that, right? So you're going to have like your lineup with your, your workspace with field lineups and then your workspace with your potential lineups. Okay. Good question there. And I did throw that tutorial into the discord here just for easy reference. All right. Next question. Question says, 
Does Saberson factor in how the field is constructing lineups when you run contest sims? For example, the field, if the value for an NFL slate is at running back and the standard build is two cheap running backs and expensive wide receivers, is Saberson smart enough to not only find strong leverage spots, but also flip the script on roster construction for lineups it's building? Very good question. So what I'll say is that our field lineups are the way we generate them is we use a traditional optimizer because we know most people are building with a traditional optimizer. So that's step one. Step two is that all these different buckets of ownership were created through contest backtesting. So we went and looked at a bunch of different contests. When we set out to do this project, we set out with the idea of creating three buckets of ownership, uh, low stakes, a medium stakes, and a high stakes. When we got into the data, we realized that the contest dynamics, the lineup constructions across contests were so different that we needed to end up creating 10 more additional buckets to properly account for all the different ways the field is playing based on stakes and based on entry size here. So we understand, you know, lineup constructions, stack types, uh, rules people are using on average and the rates at which those things occur. And then we are accounting for all of that the best we possibly can in the creation of our field lineups, trying to make them as accurately as possible. So what you're talking about, you know, with, with two cheap running backs, that'll all be captured through the projections, through the traditional optimizer, trying to solve the knapsack problem. And then through our understanding of what lineups look like across different states. So, to, you know, long-winded way of saying, yes, we, we do understand that. And we do capture that very well, in my opinion. All right. Peter said, back to fill methods. What's recommended for 20 max or 150 tournaments? Uh, good question. I, I have two thoughts on this. Um, I think that I would always use the unique methods. I think the unique methods are better. So let's say that, you know, I'm, I'm building my lineups, right? Oh, actually, let's go to the other build. So what the unique methods will do is they will make sure that every single lineup gets used before another lineup gets used twice. So for instance, say I have two lineups, but I have three, three entries. What's going to happen if I use unique rank is that contest one is going to get lineup one, contest two is going to get lineup two, and then contest three is going to get lineup one again. So this will basically put them in descending order. And then when it runs out, it'll just start over from, from the top again. What unique random will do is that it, it might be, you know, one, two, one. It might be uh, lineup one, two, two. It might be lineup two, one, one. There's a bunch of different ways that it can, it can fill it. Uh, I personally use unique random. I've, I've done my best to absolutely not care anymore about which lineups go into which contest. That is definitely a learned skill and not something that comes naturally here. So what I recommend people do is order their contests either by entry fee or percent to first or biggest prize pool, and then use unique rank. That way you know that your best lineups are going into the contest that you care the most about. And then it's not cycling back over until you get further down in your contest file. So um, you could definitely do it that way, or, or you could do it the unique random way and just accept the variance. Um, but I would always recommend the unique mm -hmm. options. P 
Piano teacher said, thanks for the answer, Andrew. I really like the idea of setting the group for the outlier players and the multiple builds. Awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad that you like that. That wasn't my first thought, so I'm glad I was able to think about that one on the fly. All right. Carol said, when doing multiple different builds and combining into favorites, how does late swap handle any lineup rules in the original build? Uh, good question. So it depends if you're cloning or not. So if you are right-clicking or even even um, even using the late swap button and then you go down to swap method, I'm going to remove the question. If you go down to swap method and then you say clone, when you use the clone option, it is going to carry over the rules and keep those active. And then what you can do is once that swap window opens, you can actually go and see that, right? So if I like, for instance, you know, if I, if I activate these two rules and build one and then I go and use the swap and then I use clone current build settings and I go and I click late swap, it's going to open up this second window that says swap one. And these two rules are going to be active automatically, right? But if I go to build one and then I notice here that the, the settings for the rules, the rules are on, right? And then if I use late swap, and then if I use, I say use defaults and I hit, uh, and I open up a swap window. Well, now these rules are off. So just make sure that you're using the clone option and then your rules will, your rules will always be carried over. They just might not be activated by default. So that's really all we're talking about. So the rules will carry over, but they might not be on automatically. That's the important thing to remember. All right, Peter said thanks. Yeah, man, happy to help out. And uh, scrolling down here, last question at the moment from Sam Samuel said, "Hey Andrew, for NBA main slates, do I need to lead swap before each sub slate? And when shall I run the builder minutes wise using late swap or only late swap when the red uh, thunderbolt is on?" Good question here. So, if you're using contest sims, I would basically try and always late swap before every window and when you late swap is going to depend on how long it takes you to late swap. So if you know that, hey, it takes me about five minutes to do a late swap, I would start that process at about 10 minutes, at about eight minutes, and be okay with, with you know, it's always good to have that cushion, right? So that's what I would do. If you're not on ultimate, then what I would do is I would keep the, the Discord open and keep the NBA lineup alerts open and then whenever something says significant projection adjustment and you get a summary of player projections being changed, then I would late swap. If you sims are running and there's no significant projection changes, I wouldn't worry about it too much. But if there is significant projection adjustments, then you definitely want to capture that. Very good question there. And that's our last question at the moment. So appreciate everybody tuning in as always. And we will be right back here tomorrow, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern for our next show. So until then, everybody, take care. Good luck. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.